Hey, welcome to this week's podcast for Houghton Baptist Church. This week, Pastor Dave will be continuing his study, and it is entitled Signs, centered around the book of John, chapter 6, which deals with Jesus walking on water. Afterwards, check out our website, HoughtonBaptist.org. A lot of information there. We've got information about the Vacation Bible Experience coming up August 10th through 12th, culminating in a big party on the 13th. Come and join us. There's info there on how to sign up. If you haven't been to church in a long time or you're just looking for a church, check out Houghton Baptist. 10 a.m. every Sunday morning. Come as you are. We do. Enjoy the podcast and have a great day. church. Uh, so sad. Every Sunday we go through this. I say good morning, I get this good morning, and then I have to say it again. Good morning, church. Good morning. All right, there we go. That's the volume we want today. I'm going to dismiss our little ones at this time for junior church. My daughter's like, do we go now, dad? Yeah. All you little ones can head to the back. You've got teachers waiting for you for junior church. They're excited to be headed out of here. We've got business to do this morning. Man, is it good to be here? Amen. We are uh, blessed, and uh, God is doing some phenomenal things and working through our church and our ministry. And as Wes prayed earlier, it's not anything that we're doing. It's what God is doing. He's he's using this work. He's using you all. He's using your gifts. And uh, he's just doing a mighty work, and we're reaching people for Christ. That's why we gather, right? That's why we're here. It's not just for us and what we like and our preferences. It's about reaching the kingdom, or reaching people for the kingdom, seeing the harvest. So uh, let's pray. Let's ask God to do a work in our lives, and we're going to get into the teaching of God's word. Father God, you are holy, and you are righteous, and you're the king of kings, and you're able. Lord, I pray that as we sang this song, this past song, that you are our portion, and that we truly believe that that you're our healer, that you're the one that we need, God. Lord, I know many of us have gone through difficulties this past week, and we'll continue to go through difficulties because that's life. But we know that we have you in our corner. We know that we can lean on you and trust in you, and that we can put our faith and hope in you. And Lord, I pray this morning for the, the unbeliever that sits here today, God, that you would stir in their heart and that they would see you for who you are inviting, loving, forgiving. God, I pray for the broken Christian this morning, those that are struggling in the faith, God, that you would help us to see that you're bigger, mightier than our problems, and that we can trust you. Lord, I cannot do this without you. Lord, I pray that your Holy Spirit would speak mightily through me and through the text, and that you would help your church, your people, those that are sitting here this morning, to engage in truth. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Last week we spent a few weeks or a few nights uh, out at the lake, Jillian and I, with the kids. And I kept asking Caden over and over and over again to take a canoe ride with me. Just a a canoe ride. You would have thought I asked him to clean his bedroom uh, because he did not want to go. I just wanted to get out in the water and and enjoy the lake a bit. The problem is Caden's a little bit afraid of of the water. He, he kept telling me, Dad, we'll get out there. We'll, we'll get out there, Dad. Maybe, maybe tomorrow I'll go with you. 
See, he loves to swim and play in it, but to get out on a boat or be out a, a bit deeper is outside his comfort zone where he likes to be. So after two days of begging, yes, I admit it, begging my nine-year-old to just spend some quality time with me out on the water, I got him out there with me. So here we are rowing, trying to enjoy our time together on the lake, and I can just hear the fear in his voice as we just talk. I kept reminding him that I was with him. I'm right here. That, that everything would, would be okay. I, I, I even kept us close to the shoreline. I mean, we were at about four feet of water. Awesome voyage. <laughs> he kept asking me to go back, to, to turn around. I told him that I wanted to at least get to the dock. That was the goal. Then we would turn around and head back. But he was dead set on going back where it was safe, where it was comfortable. And I said, Caden, don't you trust me? Don't you trust Daddy? And he looked back and he said, no. (laughs) No. I don't trust you. (laughs) In life, there's a finish line, a, a target to hit, and many of us, maybe all of us, stop short of the finish line. See, fear sets in, and and we tend to just give up. We tend to quit. Doubt takes over, and our instincts kick in. See, we were designed by God to to fight what's uncomfortable. We just want to head back to dry ground, where it's safe, where it's comfortable, what we know, what we understand. Not, Not be out in the middle of the water, trusting and believing that God... God will see us through. See, church, we're not called to stay on the shore. Amen? I shouldn't have to prompt you. That was one of those statements you just make and you throw in that amen that works right there. But called to walk on the water, to walk by faith. We're we're not called as Christians, as followers of Jesus, to, to play it safe, but experience God in the midst of great difficulty and uncertainty. Today we're going to look at the fifth, Sign. Everybody say signs. Oh, you guys are awesome today to start. About midway, use signs or something like that. Just, are you guys enjoying the series? Yes. All right. We've got two more to go after Sunday or this week, and I'm excited about what God is doing through it. I've got another series planned called the I Am Series. I can't wait to start that. So God's doing some cool things. The disciples here head towards deep water. And a storm finds them. Fear and doubt quickly set in. And panic takes over. And right in the midst of the greatest storm they've ever experienced, Jesus Christ appears and and began walking towards them on the water. But it doesn't stop there. It gets better. You ready? He calls to one of the disciples to get out of the boat and walk with him. My goal for us today, and it's a simple one, here it is, to begin taking faith steps towards Jesus, towards Him, towards our full potential and purpose to experience the fullness of God in a real and relevant way, to embrace the call, church, He makes to those who follow Him, to join Him in places that are unknown, places that are somewhat uncomfortable, places that are somewhat difficult as we follow, places that aren't always clear. 
places that at times instill fear in us and cause great uncertainty. See, that's where Jesus is. You with me? No one? There you go. I don't know what to do, Pastor. What do you want from me? That's where Jesus is. That's where we want to be. Out on the water with him. Amen? Let's look at John chapter 6. John chapter 6, verse 16 through 21. I'm glad you guys are enjoying the series. I probably would have started to tear up if you guys said that you didn't like it. John chapter 6, verse 16 through 21. Feel free to use your smartphones or tablets or whatever you have for your Bible is fine with us. John chapter 6, verse 16 through 21. I just love this sign. I love this miracle. I hope you're excited. That's what it says. When evening came, his disciples went down to the sea, got into a boat, and started across the sea to Capernaum. Darkness had already set in, but Jesus had not yet come to them. Then a high wind arose, and the sea began to churn. After they had rowed about three or four miles, they saw Jesus walking on the sea. He was coming near the boat, and the Bible says they were afraid. But he said to them, it is, it is I, don't, don't be afraid. Then they were willing, I love that, to take him on, the, on board. And at once the boat was at the shore where they were headed. Let's stop there. The first thing that I want you to see here doesn't even appear in this particular Text. In, in John's account, it says the disciples went down to the sea, got into a boat, and started across to Capernaum. But, but in Mark's account, it says this, Jesus sent them away. Why does that matter? Why is that significant? Church, they were about to experience the storm of their life out on that sea, and Jesus sent them. Nice, right? He sent them to come face to face with with fear, face to face with possible death. The storms we face are created for for us to move by faith, to walk by faith. Church, without fear and obstacles, our faith is never truly tested. I mean, this was it. Listen, the disciples were experienced fishermen. They were strong men, certainly able to withstand a a small storm. They had seen the waters rise before. They experienced the winds and the rain beating down on them. But this was a different kind of storm here in today's text. This was a storm that God, sovereign king, designed, that he put in place that God spearheaded to draw Peter out of the boat, out of his comfort zone. A storm designed to instill greater faith in Jesus. And not just for Peter, but the other disciples. He sent them to set them up. Let me just say that again. He sent them to set them up. Right now, you are are facing some storms places of uncomfortability, places of uncertainty. And more than likely, God has something to do with that. Isn't that nice? How thoughtful of God. Storms and difficulty wrapped in ribbons and bows for us. Aren't we blessed? 
the disciples had just experienced God's fullness through the feeding of the 5,000. We looked at that last week. That very day, they experienced God in a real way. They had experienced growth and, and God's provision, God's love and God's care, God's hand. The, the ministry, the disciples, they were learning to adapt to the size of the following. They were making adjustments. They were learning their roles, their place, even where they lacked as followers of Christ. Do, do we lack? Amen. I lack. I'm, I'm continuing to learn my place, my role, my position. Remember, both Philip and Andrew didn't quite see the harvest. Can I just say this? As, as we move forward, as we grow, I want you to focus on the harvest. You with me? No one? Amen? Focus on the harvest. See, Philip and Andrew didn't quite see the harvest. They, they saw the storm. They saw the obstacle. Not, not the fruit that would come from the storm. They didn't see the miracle or the maker. They saw the obstacle. I wonder how many here this morning see the problem instead of the problem solver. We, we see the storm instead of the story behind the storm. You with me? The Bible says darkness had already set in and Jesus had not yet come to them. Darkness had already set in. Everybody say darkness. They had spent the day investing into kingdom work, hadn't they? What a long, tiring day of ministry feeding that. Well, they didn't feed 5,000, right? Jesus did the work. They just got to take part in that. They gave up their time and their, their resources, and now darkness had, had come upon them. Why? What now? Have you ever felt like that? God, will you ever let up? God, will it ever be easier? God, will you ever give us a stretch of time where it's peaceful, where it's calm? We were out at the lake and to go out and sit at the lake and just see a, a sense of calmness. The day before, there was boats and it smelled like oil. It, was, it wasn't very inviting, just all of the people out there. But that morning, it was still. This is, this is what we desire, don't we? God, will you ever give us a stretch of time, a period in our life where it's just still and it's calm and there's no spiritual warfare and there's no difficulty? Church, we live in a fallen world, which means the world around us can't help but continue to fall. And we're stuck right in the middle of it. I wonder how many here have allowed darkness to, to set in. Now, darkness can mean all sorts of things for you. Darkness can mean bitterness. Well, not in the church. Darkness can mean bitterness. You've allowed bitterness to take root in your heart and your life towards a, a person or maybe a church. Maybe a family member. Darkness can mean selfishness. Sometimes we're selfish, aren't we? We're selfish. Darkness can mean sin that has been present in our lives. Darkness can mean just a level of unhappiness. I wonder how many have allowed darkness to fully set in. Let me just say this. We must not let darkness consume us. Amen? Darkness has the potential to take over every positive area of our life if we let it, if we focus on it, if we dwell on it. See, this past week I let darkness 
consume my thinking because of spiritual warfare. Have you been guilty? I wonder this morning how many this past week were just consumed with darkness. Couldn't see God at work because you were so focused on self and your struggles, your issues, and complaints. Jesus sent them. I just love that about God. Jesus sent them into the storm to face the storm. Everybody say, face the storm. Jesus allowed darkness to take over, to consume them, but only for a moment, so that when he showed up on the water that night, robed in his glory, covered in his fullness, it would be evident, it would be clear who made the difference. Amen? Without darkness, without periods of suffering or bitterness, we rarely see the difference Jesus Christ actually makes in our lives. He is the difference maker. John 1, 4 through 5 says this, In Him was life. I love that. In Him was life, and that life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. See, only Christ has the ability to overcome the darkness that each of us face, that each of us deal with. But it's in these seasons where Jesus comes to life. Those moments of brokenness and heartache and hurts and struggles. When it's hard to see anything else, Jesus shows up. Doesn't he? He's faithful to show up. Without all of the the garbage in life, how would we ever see what we have in Christ? It says, darkness had already set in, and yet Jesus had not yet come. I wonder how many feel like that this morning. Darkness had already set in, and yet Jesus had not yet come. As a kid, I was afraid of the dark. Anybody else? Anybody else willing to say, I was afraid, like four of you? You guys, you just leave me to hang up here. Like, eh. I just love being transparent with you all. I was afraid of the dark. Still afraid of the dark. No, I'm not. Just kidding. I hated to be alone. I hated the thought of darkness. I, I had to sleep with the door cracked so that the light from the hallway would shine into my bedroom. I had to keep my eye fixed on the light instead of the darkness. And it was just enough light so that I could fall asleep, but, but just barely. You know what I'm talking about? Some of you that didn't admit it, you're like, yeah, I get it, preacher. I did the same thing. Some of us live with just a portion of Christ, His light shining into our lives, just a portion, small, Shining his light into our dark places due to sin, due to depression, due to addiction, due to misplaced focus and effort, and we're just barely getting by. Maybe that light is just your hour on Sunday morning. Maybe that few times where you got before God and you pray, you could just get just a glimpse of his light and his glory. That's not reaching our full potential in Christ, is it? You see, God wants us to experience His fullness. Everybody say fullness. 
and his goodness and his light and his glory. I've had some days where Jesus didn't seem to be so present, but I knew he was there. I knew he was in control. I knew he had a purpose and a plan. I knew that Jesus would see me through. Everybody say, see me through. Deuteronomy 31.6 says this. Be strong and courageous. I was going through my message before the service, and Caden was back there, and he was working with me on this. Be strong and courageous. Do not fear or be in dread of them, for it is the Lord your God who goes with you. He will not leave you or forsake you. Deuteronomy 31.8 says, It is the Lord. It is the Lord who goes before you. So not only will He go with you, church, He goes before you. He goes out ahead of you. Jesus wanted, He loved His disciples. Remember, this is a planned storm by His design. Jesus wanted His disciples to experience what life would look like without Him. Even if it were for just a moment. A few hours without His presence, His care. For Him to be by their side. You see, the Sea of Galilee is about seven miles across, and they had already gone about three to four miles. So they're right out in the middle of the lake, in the deepest part of the sea, surrounded by hills. Storm comes in, and Jesus wanted them to experience the storm so they could experience Jesus in His fullness, in His glory. For eight years, we've never left our children by themselves overnight until a few weeks ago, which I told you last week was awesome. (laughs) What we noticed when we came back was that they appreciated us that much more. When we got back, they, they listened a little better. They were more willing to follow instructions. It it helped them to see our value, our worth as mom and dad, as, as parents. You see, they didn't like for us to be away. They'd gotten used to us always being there, being home, being watchful, being helpful. Mom making them snacks. I always tell the kids, what would we do without mama? And they look, who will feed us? Mom is more than just making you meals. Who would feed us? Jesus will allow us to go through seasons where it feels as though we're living without Him. Times He seems to be distant. But here's the thing, we're most teachable in these places, in these moments. The the truth is, church, He's never left our side. Not even for a moment. Not once. He's never left us during these dark seasons, these dark places, these depressing times. It just, just seems that way. It just feels. We've got, we got to get away from feeling when we're following Jesus. Amen? Because feelings will steer you in the wrong direction. The Bible says that the high winds arose and the seas began to churn. And there stood Jesus Christ, God's Son. There stood the answer, the the fifth sign. There stood the one who would calm the storm and quiet the sea. Picture the fear and the madness on this small fishing boat. As the seas were raging and, and the storms became darker and the winds became stronger. And here in the middle of the night, Jesus shows up. But not only that. 
He's walking on water. Walking on water. This sign is hard to fathom. Every time I just look at it, I just, I just can't comprehend his ability, his power, his deity. The supernatural capability for Jesus to stay afloat, to walk on the surface of the water, and yet he did it. It says the disciples were afraid. In fact, they thought Jesus was a ghost. Jesus approached the boat, and it says that that the men were concerned. They were were terrified. And then Jesus said this, three simple words. I love this. It is I. Maybe you need to hear that this morning. Maybe you're going through a dark place, a dark season. It is I. Jesus used an Old Testament title here to calm the disciples' spirits, Jehovah I am, which means, I love this part, one who would not fail. Amen? One who would not fail or forsake. And it says that instantly they were calm. Instantly they were calm. What I love about my wife is that when my kids are crying, (laughs) she has the ability to calm them. Not dad. I don't deal with that stuff well. I'm just being honest with you. But when they're having their issues and they're struggling and they're hurting, she loves on them and instantly they become calm. Jesus says, it is I. It's me. The great I am. Jehovah. Some of us need to understand the great I am in our circumstances, in our seasons, in our situations. Some of us need to understand that God, God never fails us, ever, or forsakes us. In Matthew's account, I love this part. See, John leaves us out. In Matthew's account, it says, Peter, call from the boat. Lord, if it's you, let me come to you. If it's really you, Jesus, I want to be where you're at. Out on the water. Let me get out of this boat right now. Isn't that like Peter? Let me just handle this. Let me take care of this. He sees Jesus. He said, Listen, if it's really you, why would I stay here? The rest of the crew is panicking. The disciples are worked up. Fear has set in. And Peter just wants to get out on the water, the raging sea with Jesus. What boldness. What bravery. Maybe slightly insane. I'd like to say I want to be like Peter, but that boat might have looked awful comfortable. His heart was to be where Christ was. Isn't that cool? His heart was right. The condition of his heart was right. His spirit was willing. His motive was pure. And Jesus said this, Come to me. Come to me, Peter. God is asking you this morning, right here, right now, to step out of the boat. Not tonight. Not later this week. Right now. Step out of the boat. Step out of the boat. Step out of the boat. Come to me. I wonder how many are saying, 
I know the call. My heart wants to, but I'm fearful. I'm afraid. He says, come to me. Step out of the boat. God is asking us to want more in our relationship with him. To believe in him for more. There's nothing wrong with believing in God for more. Is there? To expect and to trust that God will sustain us through every season, through every storm, through every trial, through every obstacle. But we must walk by faith. We must walk on water. Peter was the only one in the boat willing to go and be with Jesus. Let me ask you this, what's keeping you in the boat? What's keeping you in the boat? What, what's holding you back? Why have you settled? Don't you want to be out on the water with Jesus? Something fresh, something new, something real, something relevant and authentic? Or do you just want to stay in that rickety old boat where it's comfortable? I want to be out on the water. Amen? I want to be out on the water. I don't know how I'll get there. I don't know how we'll get there. But I want us to be out on the water, walking by faith, believing, trusting. Peter follows his heart and for a moment steps out onto the water, the raging sea. For a moment, for a time, he stands in victory. For a moment, he's doing it. Would you imagine being Peter? Standing. Walking, I bet he was like, man, you guys are missing out. You're missing out. Quickly, he took his eyes off Jesus and began to sink. Did he not? When you first came to know Jesus Christ, didn't you feel like you were walking on water? The passion, the zeal, the fire, the hunger, the desire, that's what it's like. Can I just tell you this, for those that have been saved for years and years, it's possible to walk on the water again. Amen. That was so weak. (laughs) It's possible. Invest in the kingdom. Invest in your relationship. Get with God. Confess bitterness. Confess anger. Confess sin. Confess complacency. Confess routine. Say, Jesus, I don't care. These things are holding me back. I want to be out in the water with you. I want to get out of the boat. It says, Peter got down out of the boat, walked on the water, and came toward Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid and began to sink, crying out, Lord, save me. Lord, picture Peter, he's drowning. Lord, save me. All too quickly, church, we take our eyes off of Jesus, the author, finisher, the perfecter of our faith, and we begin to sink. Panic and fear sets in. We have to be more diligent about keeping our eyes fixed on Jesus, faithfully, consistently, because the second we think we can do this life, on our own, or, or beat these obstacles, or face these odds, we sink. 
The second we think our marriage or relationship will function without Jesus, we find ourselves in trouble. Amen? The second we think we can fight our addictions or our temptations on our own, we will fail. We'll fall back to what's comfortable, what we know, what we understand, where we've been. Peter musters up the strength to call to Jesus, Lord, save me. I hope that's our prayer this morning. Pastor, I'm saved. I'm a believer. Good for you. Lord, save me. Lord, rescue me. You may be saved, but you're facing storms and you're facing all sorts of stuff. Lord, save me. Peter's drowning. Peter's terrified and for a moment was facing death. But Jesus Christ, he steps in full of grace and mercy and reaches out his loving hand and pulls him back to the surface. Isn't that cool? Stopping him from going any further. God is faithful when we're faithless. Everybody say, God is faithful. faithful. Listen to what happens and we'll close. Immediately. We overlook things like that. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. Listen to what he says. To Peter. Remember, Peter was the one, only one to get out of the boat, to walk on water, to step out in faith. But he sank because he took his eyes off of Jesus. Peter, you of little faith. I think we'd be like, are you kidding me? Jesus, did you just see what I did? I stepped out of the boat. Look around. <laughs> no one else is getting out on the water. Look what I did. I wanted to be with you. I wanted to step out. I wanted to walk by faith. And Jesus, as he rescues him, see, we forget it's all God. It's all God. What he's doing. How he's working. You of little faith, he said, why did you doubt? Right? I bet this entire room goes through seasons where you just doubt. Amen? Amen? We just doubt. You have little faith. Why did you doubt? And when they climbed into the boat, the wind died down. Then those who were in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly you are the Son of God. Jesus offers hope. He offers us a help up and a help out. He offers us a way out. He offers us salvation. Every head bowed, eyes closed. Every head bowed, eyes closed. Maybe you're here this morning, and we're going to have our time of communion here in a second, but what I want to do is first just invite you to not come forward, not put you on the spot. Every head bowed, eyes closed. This is for the individual that I'm going to talk to this morning. Maybe you're here, and you, you believe there is a God. You've, you've seen God work. You've seen that God is able, evidence of God and His ability, but you're in the boat, and you're afraid, and You have doubts and concerns and questions and you're not quite there. All Peter had to say was, Lord, save me. Lord, save me. If you're here this morning, you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and you'd like to, would you just raise your hand? I just want to pray for you. No one else is looking. No one else knows. Just raise your hand. 
And I just want to pray that, that God would do a work in your life. Maybe you're a believer, you thought you were a believer, but you've never really put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. Let today be the day that you walk out of here changed and renewed. Would you just slip up your hand so I can pray for you? I'm not going to put you on the spot, call you out. I'm going to pray for you right now in this moment. I see those hands. God, I know that I'm a sinner. God, I know that I'm in need of you. God, I know that you gave your son Jesus to die on a cross to take my sin and my punishment to take my place. I believe wholeheartedly that you are the Son of God and that you died for me. Would you come into my life and be Lord of my life? If you've prayed that prayer, you've recommitted your life to Jesus Christ, maybe it was for the first time and you've just made sure that you are a believer, you are a child of God. Listen, your eternity is sealed. He's faithful. Maybe you're a believer this morning and you've just lacked passion and you've allowed things to get in the way, issues... Maybe you're holding back. Maybe you're scared. Maybe you just don't know what God wants you to do. You slip up your hand so I can pray for you. Maybe you're the believer who just wants prayer. That's all you want. I see those hands. I see those hands. I see those hands. God, I pray that you would encourage those that have raised their hands to walk by faith, not by sight, to continue to grow and experience your grace and your fullness and your love. Encourage them, help them, draw them from the boat, draw them from what's uncomfortable to places of uncertainty where you are, Jesus. Father God, I pray for our church body. Teach us, disciple us, grow us, and may we make much of your name this week for your glory and for your honor. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. I'm going to have the guys come forward as we have our time of communion. Thanks for listening to the Houghton Baptist Podcast. We hope you enjoyed it, and we hope the message spoke to you. If you haven't been to our church, come and check us out. We're on Sharon Avenue in Houghton. You can take a look at our webpage, HoughtonBaptist.org, get more information about our location and some of the things going on in the church. Also, check out our Facebook page and YouTube channel. Lots of activity there. Houghton Baptist, the truth is spoken here. Come as you are. We do. Come and check us out every Sunday, 10 a.m. Be there. Thanks for stopping by, and have a great day.